Hi, I'm Carl Gearhart from the Giant Country Horns. This podcast is In the Loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experiences about artists and topics you love. Check out OsirisPod.com, stay in the loop, and sign up for the newsletter to learn about the newest podcasts and events. Listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth. And I'm excited about this one. We have a great soul jazz organ trio to tell you about. But, Seth, first we have to talk about some of the friends of our podcast. Starting with Nugs.net. As I've said before, I'm a customer and a fan. I would like to talk about um, this. When you're a member of Nugs.net, when you pay for the subscription, I mean, it's amazing the benefits you get from this. For example, last week on Humphreys McGee, they played at Red Rocks with Jason Bonham and Jason's JBLZE bandmate, James Dillon. They did a set of Led Zeppelin music, but for whatever reason, probably because of Led Zeppelin, it wasn't part of the webcast. So it looked like I wasn't going to get to hear it, but then I remembered, I have a Nugs.net subscription. So I went on and I listened. I and I saw listened that to also, that as well, Rob. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. And then I looked, I saw they, for Humphreys fans, they also, of course, have Humphreys, but Talking McGee, June Flamingo, Ali Baba's Tahini, all this other Humphreys McGee stuff. And then, Seth, someone told me, hey, Rob, John Mayer played Wolf, Jerry's guitar at City Field. And it sounded great. And I was like, hmm, how am I going to hear that? Oh, I went back to the Nugs.net app and was able to hear exactly what I wanted. And it sounded really good, too, by the way. So for those who don't know, Nugs.net is the destination for live music on demand, if you didn't catch that. They are a growing collection of over 15,000 full-length concert recordings from bands like, well, the ones we just mentioned, to other bands that we haven't mentioned, like Dispatch or even Pearl Jam. I went back and listened to a Pearl Jam show the other day on my drive. Oh, so good. Yeah. Seth, can I mention that since we have a jazz episode, Dave Brubeck, Dexter Gordon, Miles Davis, Stanley Clark, and other jazz artists are, are on this. 
So really, you'll never run out of live music to explore. You can listen to a show from last night or from 40 years ago. It's available on desktops, iOS and Android apps, Sonos and Bluos. Just like anything, you can listen to it anywhere. The folks at Nugs.net are live music fanatics, just like Rob and I. So they are offering new subscribers a 35% discount on the annual subscription. You can go to Nugs.net slash inside out and sign up today. And, and if you already have a subscription, give someone else the gift of live music. Holidays are not coming up, so you might as well give a gift now when it's least expected. That's what a real gift is. Again, nugs.net slash inside out for 35% off your annual subscription. Or let's say you started dating someone who's not like familiar with the music world. Get them a Nugs.net subscription. Have them poke around. I got to tell you, man, this thing is, is just mind-blowing. You, you open up this app and start poking around with what's available. It, it is just – our listeners know I've been doing a purge of my, of my collection, and, I, and I'm on a, a road trip right now to Massachusetts and thought I was going to be able to knock a lot of it out. But I've been listening to so much. This Nugs.net is so seductive that it's taking up most of my non-podcast work time. So excellent job. Everyone at Nugs.net. And, and Seth, I think you have something else to tell us about. Well, I just got to say, Rob, it's amazing how you are constantly able to uh, slide in your purge. Speaking of purging, purge your books. Polay Clark and Associates. Polay Clark, the uh, financial f- accounting and business management firm here based in Atlanta, but working all over the country with superstars like you. Check them out at PolayClark.com. Don't I- wait till April and get screwed. Get Polayed. And Seth, I can't emphasize enough, your finance people are very important, of course. You want someone who cares on your team, and these guys genuinely care about their clients. They do. And Rob, I gotta, we have another sponsor, but uh, this one's gonna, we're going to start this one next week. But I want to I go ahead and uh, just tell everyone about them real quick, though. Uh, we're really proud to be sponsored by CBD Vermont. Now, there's been a lot of talk about CBD. Um, matter of fact, Rob, the last couple months, um, I haven't really talked too much about it. But I've, uh, I did the Couch to 5K, the app. I was like, you know, I wanted to put my energy into something. So my last day of the run, you know, like, I mean, I was going to continue running, obviously. But my last run to complete the app, right? to complete the whole like you know three month uh, program or whatnot i pull my leg muscle in the middle of the run and i'm like what am i going to do so here's what i'm going to do because this was just the other day here's what i'm going to do cbd vermont was kind enough to give me a care package to test out their product i'm going to go ahead and test it out and i'm going to report back to you all next week with our taz or whatever episode we have and let you know personally how it works but for those of you that know how cbd is and what the benefits are cbdvermont.com you can use the code inside out at checkout and they're going to give you 15 percent off cbdvermont.com using the code inside out for 15 percent off i'm so happy to have them on board seth you know as i said i'm in massachusetts and i went to one of these dispensaries you know just to do research i didn't really have interest in what they sell there but uh they have a whole section, at least the one in Marlboro, Mass., mm. which I recommend because it has the best parking lot. Not that I've been to many of them. I've just totally researched. But um, they have a whole section of, of oils and all this sort of stuff. And I met some people. And, and you know, CBD is, is one of the best ways to treat pain. It really, really, you know, no side effects. And it does the job in most cases. Not all cases. It depends on your pain. You know what I mean? Kevin Durant probably is not going to be able to play basketball because of CBD. But, you know, in a lot of cases, you can't be helped. 
Yes. Well, okay. So thanks for giving us uh, your attention there on our sponsors and our future sponsors. Uh, really do appreciate it. Without their help, this show wouldn't be possible. So we're yeah. really, really super appreciative of their. If, Go ahead. If right. I may say, Seth, folks, remember that there's that those that's it for commercials, and we don't ask for any money from you, and you listen for free. Best way to support your show, support a show you like, whether it's our show or any other show on the Osiris Podcast Network, is to support their sponsors. So please. If you could make an effort and go away and support them. Also, you could write a review of us on iTunes, a five-star review. If you love us, review us on iTunes. If you hate us, just email us directly at insideoutwtns at gmail.com, and uh, maybe it'll get on the show. Hey, speaking of the show, let's get on with the show, Rob. What do we got going on for everyone today? Well, put it this way. This soul jazz trio put out a record, Close But No Cigar, their debut record a couple of years back, and it debuted at number one on the Contemporary Jazz Album Charts. The songs that I asked the, these three folks, um, which we have Jovan Lamar and Jimmy James. Jimmy James, Jovan, oh, of course, is the guitar player. So good, Jimmy James. Jovan's the key pianist. Jimmy James is the guitarist. We have Keith Laviere from Austin. It was just before his first gig. So he's not the drummer who plays on the record. He's also not the drummer who plays on their live, live at KEXP release, which is also worthy of your time. Yeah, you can YouTube that. But these that guys too. are fan- What's that? You can uh, check that out on YouTube as well. The KEXP. Yes, very cool cover on there. I'm not going to give it away. You just have to watch. Uh, people were requesting that song at the show. We saw. We saw. We, we saw. We saw them at it. Okay. <laughs> We saw them at Eddie's Attic, and uh, which is a great room for listening to music. Not such a great room for interviews. We're going to have to make a, a better plan when interviewing people at Eddie's Attic in the future. So you're going to hear a little. We were kind of on the porch outside of the bar adjacent to the music room. But um, one of the reasons, folks, Seth and I really wanted to bring this band to you is because a lot of the people who listen to the show are lovers of improvisational rock and roll. And, and I personally this- am a huge fan of organ trios. Always have been. Always will be huge Dr. Lonnie Smith fan. So yes. this sound yes. is just right. But the thing that I think a lot of the people who listen, particularly you fish and disco biscuits and umpries fans, is that in their improvisation, it, they really can go anywhere and songs can come up and they play with it and they go with it. We actually talk about that a little in an interview. So I, I think this is the kind of jazz band that lovers of improvisational rock would like. You know what I mean? And they also, they, these guys are fans of rock, as you'll hear. Mm. They're total Russian Nirvana fans. Uh, they listen to them as much as they listen to, to you know, Coltrane or whatever. I mean, yeah. these guys are, and um, you can hear their so, influence. You can hear their influences in their songs. And I want to welcome all of our European listeners. Uh, and I imagine we're going to have some here because these guys are really big in Europe. These guys go out, and I think they tour more than in Europe than they do in the states, even. Yes, and we love having European listeners. So please check out a lot of our other episodes. We we've, we've interviewed Stanley Clark. Um, he had his own episode. Do we even know the jazz stuff, Seth? Well, Jeff Coffin, and you should, uh, you folks in Europe should know about Europe Records. Yeah, Carl Denson, uh, I would throw in there in the mix as well. And Michael League of Ground Up Records and oh, of yeah, Snarky Puppy. Yeah, yeah. Might want to check that out. But as far as Delvon Lamar, organtrio.com, that's where you want to find out more about this band. On Twitter, they're at DLO3Music. They have a bunch of dates coming up in July. You Europe people, they're playing France, Poland, Germany, Spain, Italy. Check them out. Uh, you folks in Colorado, they're playing the Telluride Jazz Fest in August, August 11th. And they got some West Coast dates in September. And Seth, guess where they're ending their year? Uh, Austin. Boston, Massachusetts, where I am right now. And, and I'll tell you, if you're, if you're a jazz artist, that's a great city to play. I think that's about as close to playing Europe as you can get because people in Boston do 
listen carefully. Well, as so a, Seth, yeah, go ahead. Uh, we're going to keep it between the mustard and mayo and move on here. But before uh, I do just, I take a nasty shot at you at the beginning of this. So I just want to point out that I love you and I love that you can take shit. Oh my God. And that was a serious, that's sincere. Well, okay. In the outro, in the outro, we're going to talk. Uh, I have a couple quick things to talk about, but the main bulk of the outro will be me interviewing Seth about taking his son, not just taking his son to fish. His son had seen fish at Lockin, but his son had never seen fish as a headline at their own show, and his son had never driven four hours to see fish. So we we're going to interview tour, baby. Yep, Daryl is a tour head. Six-year-old so, Wook. No, he's not a Wook, but he'd take his shirt off. We'll talk about it at the end. So we'll get to that later, but Seth, why don't you throw it to the interview? Now, without further ado, please join us in welcoming Delvon Interview. And Jimmy James. Thank you. It's time for uh, what's the playhouse? What was the? Um, I don't know. Let's dive into the interview. It's time for that. Well, it is a gorgeous day here in Atlanta. We're sitting outside of Eddie's attic. The sun is setting, and Rob Turner, you are looking purple. We are sitting here with an organ trio whose debut CD, "Close but No Cigar," debuted itself at number one on the contemporary jazz charts. The members of the Del Vaughn Lamar Organ Trio, welcome. Hello. Delvon, that was Delvon. We also have the infamous, is that correct? You are indeed the infamous Jimmy James. Um, I would know. <laughs> and the latest member, if you wouldn't mind, if, could you introduce yourself? Oh, yeah, Keith Laudieri, Austin, Texas, drummer. 
Welcome, Keith. Interesting. You live in Austin, which is where Davon just moved mm-hmm. with his wife and manager, Amy. Yep. Is that correct? Wait, wait, hold on. You live with your manager? Yeah. Well, that, how did you get that information? <laughs> that is public knowledge. He has, a, he has a manager wife named Amy, and they make it work out. Oh, oh, well, that's because I didn't let my wife, ex-wife, named Amy, manage me around. So I get the difference. You're so, okay. <laughs> so, Rob, you didn't you you got here after, but these guys drove in through Atlanta traffic. Oh, so sorry. And then had to schlep the organ all the way upstairs here at Eddie's attic, and you guys did a good job with that. That's devotion. Yeah, you know, a lot of painkillers and uh, <laughs> I think it hernias. was. I'm pretty sure he was considering changing the name to the flute band, but, you know. <laughs> how does your debut CD debut at number one? Yeah. How the- uh, I have no idea. It just, in fact, it like when, uh, I remember the day, like, when, when it happened, um, uh, my wife, Miss Amy Novo, she, uh, we, we were out, and we came home, and I ain't gonna lie, I went to the bathroom, said to, you know, hang out in the bathroom for a minute. <laughs> I've been known and, to do the same. Good acoustics. Always good acoustics. And, and she just comes busting down the door is like, guess what? I was like, uh, I'm busy. <laughs> and she's like, Your 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 album is on the uh billboard charts. And I was like, Yeah, whatever. Yes. And so I like I had to Google it and I Googled it and sure enough, man, it was uh number one on the contemporary jazz charts. It was also number three on the jazz charts. Oh wow. And it was right behind uh it was Miles Davis, John Coltrane, <laughs> Keith Jarrett with Gary mm. Peacock and Jack DeJanette, and then there was little old me. So would wow. you say that that day you really gave a shit? Uh, yes, I did. But that's that is really impressive. <laughs> uh, jokes, puns, and all that aside, that was that's really oh, that impressive. was a joke. Oh, yeah, oh, thank you, Rob. That's really impressive. <laughs> Who are some of your organ favorites? Who are some oh, of your influences that that that? that I'm that a huge Dr. Lonnie Smith fan. Oh. I love uh, Charlie oh. Erlin, um, Jack McDuff. Well, there's Bape. one reference on the record. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The little Booker T. Yeah, that's right, Booker T. Not the T. big one, just the little one. Yeah, uh, that's actually a uh, little Booker T. Is the name of my little doggy. Really? And uh, yeah, because I'm a huge fan of Booker T. and the MGs, I'm also a huge fan of the trumpet player uh, Booker Little. And uh, so I just pick Booker T. Little. Now. In the States, you're playing, like here in Atlanta, Eddie's Attic, it's a relatively smaller club, but you're you're not just playing these small clubs in, in America. Like, you're you're gigging a lot more in Europe than you are in America. Is that right? Oh, man. We, yeah. What's we, the deal with that? <clears throat> man, I, I tell you what, Europe really likes us a lot. Like, we're going to be in Europe like four or five times this year. Nice. What kind of venues are you playing there? Uh, clubs, festivals, you know, pretty much private parties. We got private parties coming out. So, and at the risk of asking the obvious, do they listen a little more closely there? Uh, they do. Uh, did they, they respond a little more appropriately? Yes, they do. Uh, so, y'all got something to work out. But uh, but I want to go back to the album because it's, it's it's indicative of where you guys are coming from because you definitely have a cool feel, but you definitely have a reverence to your predecessors. As we said, look little Booker T, which you say is named after your dog, but it has elements of Booker T in it. It's got that soulful. Deep groove, patient playing, and although it's energetic, it's all about the song, right? Yeah. Yep. What about Al Greenery, which I think has a taste of love and happiness in it, right? That oh, was yeah. actually a Jimmy James tune. He uh, he wrote that tune, 
And uh, it was a thing in the rehearsal. We were like, man, it kind of sounds like an Al Green tune. And then just somehow the name Al Greenery popped out. What else was going on in that room? <laughs> what do you say there, Jimmy? I don't know. Like, uh, you know, anything can happen. Like, now, play with this cat here. It's always like, I don't know, it's always, it's like a game of chess almost. So, <laughs> sort of, but for fun, you know. You know, that sort of thing. But we never know, you know. We never know what's going to happen. It's just kind of like, okay, somebody's hand lands on the court. What's that? I don't know. Let's make something out of it. And it just happens. But let me let you, Rob. Oh, let I want to follow up on that because you both, I know from listening to an interview with you that your lexicon for music is incredibly wide. And I assume from things that you said that his is as well. So not just that you click when you're playing, the fact that you can take it anywhere and the other can be right on it must make the day-to-day grind of being on the road a little easier to take. Yeah, We never, you know, I never know what's going to happen. Like, on stage, you don't even know what's going to happen. That just, there was one time, and I have to explain the story. There was one time we were at a party, and he started playing this bass line. And I was trying to figure out, I say, that sounds very familiar. And then I realized it was Hall and Oates, I can't go for that. <laughs> and never rehearsed it, never played it, just off the top of the head, off of memory, just hearing that. He started playing the vocal line, I started playing some the background parts and the sax solo parts and the other parts of the song. And we had to mention to the crowd, we're like, we have never played this, never practiced this. It was just off of memory. Yeah, we were playing a song and I was soloing and then for some reason I heard that in my solo and I said, oh, I'm going to go for it. And uh, <laughs> I just changed it. That's one thing I love about the organ is I can control the music like wherever I want to take it. And well, that, these that was guys, one of those things that Lonnie so you don't have to say no can do. But that's one of the things. Like if you you, t- you mentioned Dr. Lonnie Smith, he's a master of like just going out there and just pulling yep. songs out of nowhere. Yep. And it's like, and that I would, I mean, you always are listening. You're like, well, wait, whoa, 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 wait a second. What? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that that's great. Let's let's continue on the green theme. Yeah, let's. I'd like to know who Raymond is. Uh, what are the greens that he brings, and how does how did these said greens impact the song's creation or the Nirvana song that you? That you quote in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh God. So uh, we, when we started off, we started off with a weekly residency at a place called the Royal Room in Seattle, and they have a uh, collard greens there, and that are really good. And uh, the bartender's name was Raymond. Super cool cat, man. And so, you know, when we wrote that song, uh, we were just kind of jamming on it, like at the thing and I don't know and at at a certain point Raymond like how I used to order greens every week that it, like I didn't even have to ask for is like soon as we got there and set up there's a plate of greens on the organ waiting for me and so I think you actually did you say that Raymond brings the greens yeah, so. so that was a uh, so that's uh, where that came so this from. is your wordsmith here okay. that's my wordsmith <laughs> well another there's a fun punchy song that I think is probably the song that's most fun for you guys to play live on the CD. Between the Mustard and the Mail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That actually was named by our... Uh, I played in another band called Rippin' Chicken in Seattle, and uh, the guitar player, uh, Ben Bloom is the name. He's a guitar player for Polyrhythmics as well. But uh, he 
he was telling a story about something like they were on the polyrhythmics are on the road and their car broke down in the middle of nowhere in Louisiana, I think. And he said there's like one car comes by a dude in a truck and he helps them. They get the car working. And then he was like, all right, y'all just make sure y'all keep it between the mustard and the mayo. <laughs> and everybody was like, well, what the hell does that mean? And so it turns out it means keep your car in between the white and yellow line. So it's old drinking and driving saying, oh, yeah. apparently. I, but, I haven't heard that when you're playing time. it, you're not always trying to stay within. <laughs> you're kind of there, sometimes doing the exact opposite, aren't you? There are no lanes in this <laughs> band. And let me ask you this. When you were in Rippin' Chicken, you didn't really think you'd ever be a band leader, did you? What was your question again? When you were in Rippin' Chicken, mm-hmm. you weren't like the band leader of that band, were you? No, no. And no. you, at that point, didn't think you ever would be. I No, I, I never wanted to be a band leader. I didn't want my own band. I didn't want to do any of that. Um, it, it just wasn't my thing. And uh, it took my wife, uh, Miss Amy Novo, and uh, she, she got tired of me complaining about these gigs that paid, like, 50 70 bucks and we're driving like two hours away to do it and she hear me complaining about it all the time she was like you know what you you get the guys together and uh i'll do all the work and it took years for me to actually do that because i was still saying no and then she's like either we're gonna move out of seattle or you're gonna do this one or the other (laughs) and so you ended up doing both (laughs) i I know (laughs) the other thing too that that we got a you know, you would say the elephant in the room there, Rob, is that uh, you're an organ trio. I mean, you're not a funk horn band. You're an organ trio. That's not that easy to pull off these days. And, you know, right. the ear, especially here, if you try to do that, I imagine that it's a lot of people looking for the lettuce horns. And, you know, like that's what that's what people are wanting, that funk. You really need a listening audience that has a soul. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's the thing. You know, I love doing organ trio, man. And, uh, like, the other thing I was saying earlier is, like, I get to control where the music goes sometimes. And, I, you know, I'm a listener, so I always listen to what's going on when we're playing. So if I hear Jimmy do something, like, our musical repertoire is, like, uh, pretty much identical. Like, all the stuff he's been listening to his whole life, I was listening to. So... I can hear him like he'll just throw in a tune within a tune. I hear him quote something. I'd be like, "All right, I'm gonna take it there." A lot of rush, and we'll do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, they try, they try to yep. keep everything on tempo, Rob. Yeah, we are from Rush to Nirvana to you know Sam Cooke, you name it, man. Oh, that's good. Like that's wherever good. he goes, I, I I'll gladly go. So is it? Uh, so you're in a, you're in the small little van out there. So as you're traveling, you're hearing stuff in the van, and then that night, is it coming back through you? Sorry, what did you say? Yeah, sorry, it's a little loud here. So as you're traveling, you're listening to stuff in the van, and then uh, at night you're playing, it comes back through you, and then you're like, oh, shit, he got that from the van. Exactly. He'll, do the same, he'll do the same thing, and I'm like, oh, I hear you. You know, and it, it always happens like that. Or something like, and the thing that's always funny is that there was the one night we were down in Texas, and we started singing that Delphonics tune. Oh, yeah. Like, we'll be in the car, or he was singing a Genesis um, what was the song with Philip Bailey and Phil uh, Collins? Uh, she's Easy Lover. Yeah. Easy Lover. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. starts singing it, and I was like, I didn't know you know that song. And then we're sitting there singing it in the van, or it could be in the street. People look at it, it's like, what is going on with him? <laughs> I'm like, mm, it's just, that's just the way it goes. You're not the only one. So, yep. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. 
right. Um, <laughs> so what are some of the what are some of the stuff that you're listening to these days? What's oh, what are you man. frequenting? Man, I listen to everything. Um, lately, I've actually went back to listen to like straight ahead jazz, but. Um, uh, you know, I, you know, my again, I'm always listening. My my whole philosophy is like I listen to everything because I got something to learn from all of it, and so I, I listen to anything from country to pop to hip hop, whatever. If it's good, it's good, and that's that's just it. And how old are you? Uh, I am. I'm 12. <laughs> no, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm 40. I'm going to be 41 here in a couple months. Right. How do you think starting as a trumpeter influences your playing today as an organist? Um, well, you know, when I started playing organ, I was mainly playing drums. So, um, and I played a l- I played trumpet as well, and but I played more drums back then, and so. Being that I play trumpet and drums, like I had the separation part from playing drums, and then the melodic part from playing uh, trumpet, so like I can associate melodies and things like that with rhythmic complexities, if that's a word. Well, you could tell us the significance. What was this guy's name? Uh, Joe Doria. Joe Doria. He was pretty significant in you making that change. Yeah, yeah. So what happened was Joe Doria was an organist. uh, He's an organist for a band called McTuff in Seattle. And uh, I ended up getting a call to play drums with him and his guitar player, Dan Heck. Now, I was going to play drums with them at a place called the Art Bar in Seattle. Um, It was a weekly every Wednesday. And uh, I... I used to just watch this guy. Like I said, I've never seen anybody play organ like that. And, uh, you know, Pastor's wife played organ in the church, you know, but I wasn't really into music back then, so I didn't pay it any attention. But then I was playing drums with Joe, and the way I used to set up, where I set up, I can see everything he was doing. And so I used to just watch this cat for like a year. And then eventually a drummer came in and sat in on the organ or on the drums. And I asked Joe if I can play organ. And he was like, yeah, go ahead. And uh, we sat down. We played a blues. I've been playing or I played the organ like I've been playing it my whole life. Wow. So did the the, the drumming help out, though? Like because you had with the drumming, I imagine you've got your your hands moving and your feet moving. Yeah. And so you move to the organ. You got to, you know, separate that mind as well, because you're you got your keys going and you got your feet going on the bass. Yeah. I see it as your Al Cooper moment. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's like the um, I feel like. My style is very percussive and melodic, you know, and like I said, it's from playing drums is the mm-hmm. percussion side. Like, I I get some pretty crazy rhythms sometime going on at the same time, but I'm all about melody, you know. It's like, that's what makes the beauty of the song.
And one thing, Jimmy, even when he gets fired up, still a lot of clarity in the notes, a lot of specificity, not a lot of wasted notes. The energy comes from a soulful place. Do you think that's coming from him starting as an acoustic player where you really have to focus on your notes? Jimmy, you want to comment on that? Where I come from, I come more from a blues background, you know, and it's like the people I grew up on was mostly like Chuck Berry, you know, Little Richard, people like that. But the first thing that got me into guitar, to be honest, is when I first heard My Girl by The Temptations. And I heard that guitar line. Dun, 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 dun. I heard Which that. clarity of notes. That Every and, note is uh, important. And also heard, um, and that's Robert White, who was one of the Funk Brothers, one of the session guitar players who played that. And then Eddie Willis, um, who played the melody line on uh, Second That Emotion by Smoker Robinson and the Miracles. And so when I heard that, you know, you hear that. And it's just the way they, 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 they mean it with conviction, you know. They mean it, and so they just play it. But as I'm going to quote, I always have to quote this man always. Is this James Jamerson coming? James Jamerson. Uh, as he told his son, if you don't feel it, don't play it. And Even if it's a wrong note, like you said. Even if... But it, if you feel knows, it, it's who, right. Who knows if it's wrong or not? You yeah, know? the wrong note could lead you to a whole new melody to write a frame a song around. Right. Exactly. Like all those happy accidents, or if there's any such thing as an accident, you know, it can lead you to so many different things. So. It's but, an accident when you stop and don't go with it. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a good point there. No, but can you right. talk about the, your initial source for music in general? Um, riding bicycles with your mother, right? Well, you usually because... Um, with my mother and my my two sisters, rest in peace for both of them. Um, my other sister, she was a uh, my other sister, my middle sister was a drummer, so she was big into Pantera, Metallica, Rush, all that stuff. Let's also point out she was an accomplished drummer who was given a lot of job opportunities, yes, large scale job opportunities, yes. and chose yeah. not to take them. Do you know why? Um, I won't go too far into it, um, but. Uh, there was just certain things that happened. I, I won't go deep into that, but... Um, um, but between but, the two of them, you had a wide array of musical influence. Right, and, and it's, uh, the oldest, my oldest sister, she listened to a lot of pop music, so I heard that. My mother was all over the board, so she listened to everything from country and western to, to uh, I mean, Motown to gospel to blues to rock and roll, you name it, you know. And so always heard that growing up you know it's like but mainly like i would hear stuff like she could listen to anybody from like she'll listen to motown like the marvelettes but then turn around and listen to dave matthews or tupac shakur you know what i mean like that's just how she was she just listened to a lot of broad scope of things so hearing those three in the house i've heard so much different things you know and so it's like a lot of people don't know that i list i like country music you know, it's kind of, it would be weird, but people are like, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldldn't count you to see that. But I do, you know. He also likes Western music. <laughs> yeah. You know. And it's all about intention, not, not genre. Right. It's just, it's just a lot of different things. They have stories to tell and melodies uh -huh. to, you know, that you can whistle to. You know, just like Delvon was saying earlier, it's like, it's about that melody, you know. And if you got the rhythm behind it, the melody can push. Now, have you been told before that you're an old soul? Like, for example, that story you wrote in ninth grade, which you can tell our listeners about if you wish, that screams old, old soul to me. You know what? I'll be honest. I was called, even in high school, 
they used to nickname me the 80-year-old man <laughs> because it was just like I would tell my friends who I'm 14, I'm telling them pull their pants up, you know, and I would say, you know what's wrong with these kids today? Like, and I'm 14, mind you, and I'm saying that stuff, you know, um, but I was, but it's funny because with my government name, my middle name means old, generous grandfather. Oh. So, it's, and then I was also nicknamed, I would get the nickname after my great-grandfather, who we had, sim- and he, his birth year is 100 years apart. But we were always similar in that. So, I don't know, but I've always been told that, you know, for eons. So the first time you saw him, he was in a band called the ADD Trio, which sounds like jazz for millennials. Mm-hmm. Jazz you can talk over, and Spe- it's still fine. Speaking of which, speaking of which, are you guys connected to Snarky Puppy at all? And that can't be. It seems you like it's a be. good fit. No, but uh, I'd love to be. Where y'all at? Or ear up, right? Come to yeah, a deal up, yeah. show. That ear up is coffin. Ground up is snarky. Ground Either up, one of them should go up. with you guys. Yeah, I, I just, there's some definite synerg- synergies here. With yeah, that. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of them cats. I'm a huge fan of uh, Corey Henry as well. Oh, yeah. It's like, man, well, yeah, that Corey dude. Henry is the truth. <laughs> I like I, I I've never seen him in real life. Feel like we just haven't been in the same place at the same time. But uh, man, it sounds to me like these man. guys just need to go ahead and set yeah. up on jam crews. Also, for like to throw out their prog <laughs> band too. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I really dig those guys. But uh, I want I want to go back to when you first saw. saw what did you think when you first saw him play, Jimmy? Shoot, I remember where was it? It was the club we went to. I was I was probably underage probably at that time. Yeah. When I was playing with ADD Trio. Yeah, and I, I think I just jumped in for a jam or so. You called me up. Nope. Do something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I just saw this cat. He had a guitar on his back, and I was like, hey, come up. We were feeling risky. <laughs> and, like, this cat, then, like, he started playing from note one. I was just like, wow, who is this dude? And, uh... It looks just like it, my grandfather. <laughs> it, but it's crazy. It wasn't until, like, years later that we actually ended up on the same stage together. Oh, wow. And I yeah. saw you once again more. I'm sorry. I'll forget this. <laughs> uh, we want to hear every word. I remember once more, there was a time you called me up to Bellingham. That's when the Boodles band was up there. Oh, that's good. And you asked me to play a tune. And yep. I went up there with uh, Ben and those guys from Polyrhythmics up there. You asked me, you were like, hey, to play a tune. But see, I had heard about him for like forever and a day. Like forever and a day. Because I was like, man, man, you got to hear Delvon do it. Delvon, man, Delvon is the cat. And I said, I, they're like, you know him? I said, I know who he is. I said, one of these days we will play. And then here we are now. You, and you, you grew up in Texas. Oh, I'm sorry. Be, no, I was just thinking, I'm hearing you, you could talk about how songs come through your head and stuff. I'm just hearing Delvon it, Delvon it. You know, like jam on it. Yeah, come <laughs> on. Now. So you grew Del up in Texas. How did you end up in no, Seattle? No. Oh no, I grew up. I'm, my family's from Texas, but I'm first generation. They they migrated up to Seattle. Okay. So I'm me and my sister were my middle sister was we are first generation up there. But for a while, you were doing regular session work in New York, even though you were living in Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. I went out there. I played with a guy who he's he's more famously known for a jingle he wrote the. Easy breezy, beautiful cover girl mm. tune, but I ain't gonna say his name. <laughs> but he's, uh, yeah, I did some stuff out there for a while. But you're just, going, east, you're going west coast, east coast. That's a, that's that's a lot. I mean, were you getting paid? Yeah, I was just, you know what? I went out there on a whim, and I said I just decided. I looked on the map. I said, you know what? I want to go someplace that's different. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I want to try a big city that is very 
you know, I don't know what I'm going to expect. So I said, I'm just going to go out there. I had a friend who stayed there, and I stayed with him and just kind of, you know, hoofed it, you know, through all New York, you know. Now, Rob, we're, we're running out of time. we got five minutes left for these guys, so make it good. Well, sadly, Jimmy learned the hard way about songwriting credits, but we're going to have to talk about that another day. I'd rather oh. take the name and, and talk about Sharon Jones. Sharon, oh, okay. oh yeah. Um, how, did you, how did you meet Sharon, and uh, you sat in with the Dap Kings? Okay, I'll make I'll make this one real quick. This uh, well, what happened was um, what had happened was I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I I used to just you know kind of prance around them a little bit, you know, until I started to kind of talk, being bold and talking my way in there. And then I friended on Facebook and stuff like that. And there was stuff she said to me. She was like, I said to her, like, I really love what you did. And she was like, what's your name? What's your name, baby? <laughs> what's your and name, I told baby? her, and she was just like, you know what? You are so cute. Aww. So I'm going to give you some sugar. And she kissed me Aww. on my cheek. And I was forever a fan, and I wanted to marry her. That is no lie. Not an exaggeration. That is not an exaggeration. <laughs> I had bought suits, flowers. <laughs> Less, and I always had the most expensive cologne on, and I would wear that. And the one time she would get me on stage, that was one woman who could make me melt into a puddle. Mm. But I won't even go any further than that. But I'll you did sit in with her in Seattle once. I did. It was one of her last shows in Seattle, and th she came to surprise me on that. Oh, nice. And that was the funniest thing ever, man. It's on YouTube if you guys want to look oh, yeah, that up. Is. I've never seen Jimmy so nervous, and I've never seen him get off a stage so fast <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Would you say if, had James Brown been a woman, he would have been something a lot like Sharon Jones? Sharon Jones is that and then some. Yeah. yeah. You know, she is that and then some. Now, you all mentioned YouTube, and i got to tell you, that's how I discovered you all. Now, I'm a music buff. I listen to a lot of music. I go to a lot of music. Jam Cruise is like my bread and butter of my life, right? When he's not watching the Goldbergs, anyways. Hey, hey. Okay, yes, that's true, too. Okay. <laughs> any rate, though, um, YouTube. I, I discovered you all on YouTube. One of your WXP, what's it? KXP. KEXP out of Seattle. Excellent station. God bless KXP. But I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. Holy shit, how does this band exist? And I don't, I mean, this is like, that's my style of music. I'm an organ freak, you know? And so it was it was surprising to me. So really excited to have you all on the show. And I'm really excited to share your music with our listeners. And hopefully uh, they go and see you live as you're touring. What's your website? Uh, website is DLO3Music. That's D-L-O, the number three, music.com. And but you can travel to Europe to see him if you want. You well, know, we're not done yet. Could you, could you hand him the microphone, please? Uh, yeah, go, Keith, go. Oh, hey. I'm always amazed when you, someone has to join musicians that are so familiar with playing each other, and then you have to jump into that fire and find your space. How have you been able to do it with these guys? Uh, it's been, it's been kind of easy, actually. Delvon's a, a master musician, and he's on a certain level of music that makes you know anybody who's close to that level or aspiring to be on that level jump to it really easily because you have that support system, and I kind of feel like I can take the set of headphones I always wore you know, listening to music and funk music and soul music and, um, you know, not emulate, but pay, pay respect to what these cats are going for and put my own thing in there as well. And it's, it's hard. We were talking about this on, in the van today. It's hard to not just, just pay respect and to, to, to encapsulate that sound when you got two cats on the stage. I mean, I'm outnumbered. I can't, <laughs> I can't get too far away from it. And just, you know, the, the amount of uh, love that these guys have for their craft and their art, uh, it's just something that 
there's a level of admiration that I have and, and for the opportunity to be in the group um, that um, it's, it's easier than you think. And did, he, did you encourage him and Amy to move to Austin? I did not, actually. We didn't meet until they got to Austin. Um, it's like a jam session or something. I had some friends playing at a local club in Austin, in South Austin. And uh, I got invited to sit in because I knew the, the cats who were playing. And Delvon sat in at the same time. And they called uh, Root Down. Yeah, Root Down. And we both you know, remembered and forgot it uh, <laughs> while we were playing it. But it, was, but it was obvious that we, you know, out of the, all the cats on the stage, we were all great musicians. But Delvon and I had a very similar stylistic approach to things. And we were kind of just catching each other's vibe and there's some smiles and afterwards you know we just introduced ourselves to each other and uh i mean the rest is about to be history yeah <laughs> oh. i love it well, well i'd like to end on this oh on and what? it's back to jimmy I, I want you to talk about sly and the family stone why you can make it if you try with such a big influence on you and then when you got to meet greg it's erico mm-hmm who also played with who played with sly played with weather report played with david bowie played mm-hmm. with santana toured with jerry garcia band yep. Could you talk about meet the day you got Jerry. to meet him? Well, that, hearing that tune, because my mom, this is my mom's record, so off that Stand album, and that song spoke to me because you know, like, you, you know, you're going through adolescence and stuff like that, and there's a lot of you know things going on that you know can't be understood sometimes, and sometimes you kind of feel down on yourself, and so when I would hear that song, I would hear the lyrics to "You Can Make It If You Try," it would boost me up. And then as the time went on, I was in New York. I happened to just happen in. I knew some cats who were playing. They would play Sly and the Family Stone covers at the Bitter End, which that's where the Donny Hathaway, Curtis Mayfield album were recorded. And I happened to go by there, and um, we're just sitting in, and everybody's like, ladies and gentlemen, we got Greg Arico from Sly and the Family Stone on drums. I was like, oh, no, this is what I've been practicing my whole life for. <laughs> you know, and so... He gets up there and he starts playing and it sounds just like the record, exactly like I've been playing to. And then next thing you know, I go over to my table because, you know, I'm shy. So I keep to myself a lot of times. And uh, he comes over to my table and he's like, what's your name, kid? I was like, oh, my name is Jimmy James. Hi, how you doing? And he's just like, you know, and uh, he was he was really nice and he talked. He's like, where are you from? And I said, Seattle. He's like, we knew once a great guitarist from there who played at Woodstock. And I'm sure you know who that is. One of your favorites. I I know Mr. (laughs) Jimi Hendrix himself. And he was just like, we talked for a while. And I said, you know what? There's something I've been really wanting to say to you. From And I said, nobody's going to rob me of this moment, so I have to say it. I said, that song uplifted me as a kid, and I listened to it until the record got scratched. And I said, because of you, I want to thank you and everybody in Sly and the Family Stone for that. You know, like you were the soundtrack to my adolescence. And I have, and I, you know, I just had to say that, you know, and and it meant a lot to him and it meant a lot to me, but I just wanted to tell him that. And Mm -hmm. I did. And, you know, and I saw him once again in Seattle, though. He played Jazz Alley one time with the Family Stone. Nice. With, you know, some of the members were missing, but other other than that, it was real cool, you know. And he was a nice guy about it, and we just chatted for a while. You're a hardcore Hendrix fan, right? Man, he's from Seattle. But you hear Curtis in his playing. Oh, of course. Of course. Chicago's own. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love Curtis Mayfield, man. Curtis Mayfield is just like, I mean, I know some people listen to just the, you know, Superfly album, you know. But I like to listen to the stuff he did with the impressions, 
you know, even the stuff he did when he was in there at the same time Jerry Butler was in there, you know. But, I mean, the stuff that he wrote. Now, Rob, these guys got to move on yeah, up you to the stage. So, thank uh, you so much. Thank you, guys. Good luck with Thanks you. Thanks for having us. our time with the Delve on Lamar trio. So, so great to hang with them. I want to point out again, Delve on Lamar trio. Lamar has two R's. Delve on Lamar trio.com and D-L-O-3 music on Twitter. Yeah, it was frustrating to be stuck, you know, where people were pre-showing and uh, actually a couple times people just came over and started talking to one of them and I had to, I had to be rude and wave them off in my mass hall fashion. But uh, I think we got a decent interview out of it, right, Seth? I thought so, yeah. I, I learned more about them than I thought I would, and uh, I, enjoy, I definitely enjoy talking with them. Such nice cats. And I have been keeping it between the mustard and the mayo ever since. So really good to learn about this band. I am a fan, and I will see them every time they come to Atlanta. So uh, just a couple quick things. I, I uh, got to see, for the first time in 25 25- years, a band I used to see frequently, uh, and they're called the John Butcher Axis. And I saw them here in Natick Mass. They have they had their original members, Chris Martin on bass, Derek Levins on drums, and of course John Butcher on guitar. Cliff Goodwin from Joe Cocker's band sat in and Tomo Fujita, a local brilliant uh, guitarist sat in. I just wanted to say it was a short show but it was fantastic. Really enjoyed that. As I said before, I watched the Umphreys a webcast from Red Rocks over the weekend. Good God, they just slaughtered. I, I, I'm really going to miss my buddy Jeff being, you know, working for Humphreys. Uh, there Waffle, was some cool. Yes, Jefferson Waffle. He is leaving them as the lighting director. We will have more on that. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of little interviews going on here and there, but you know, the real interview with Waffle will be with us later in the summer. That's when you'll really get a a full reading of of his situation and his reflection with the band. And what else did I want to start? Fenway Park, Seth? I was at Fenway Park last night. It was nice to be there. Nice. Yes, and I'll be going back there to see Los Angeles Dodgers in a few weeks. Uh, the, the, team, who have, the team I've never seen play in Fenway and a team we played in the World Series last year. So looking forward to that. I'll be thinking of Ozil Motley when I do that. Are you going to be seeing fish at Fenway? No, I don't want to go to the stadium. I wanted to go to Connecticut, but we couldn't, you know, couldn't get a ticket. Maybe check in with the band again closer to the time. Maybe we'll get releases or maybe someone cancels. I don't want to go to a baseball stadium to see him. Plus, my friend is up in Sunapee, wants me to come up at that time, and I'd rather do that than sit in the stands and kind of hear fish, you know what I mean, and kind of see him, you know? Stuff's covered really well. I don't know. I, should, I, if I could go to Fenway, I'd be there. Well, also, the Jam On is gone. Now it's the Fish Channel, which is – I love having the Fish Channel because I'll listen to the Fish Show at noon the next day, 
but I don't really listen to it any other time. And I miss jam on and I don't care if it's online anymore. If I go online, I'm listening to something else. I thought that was pretty crappy. you got a lot of overlapped rock and roll channels on Sirius. They can't get rid of one of those. You have one jam channel. They have two channels, one called classic rewind Seth, and one called classic vinyl. Not only do they overlap material, but it's material you can hear on a lot of commercial radio anyways. How many people are subscribing to Sirius to hear shit they already can hear on the radio? Now, now how many people can you, how many jam bands can you hear on the radio? And they get rid of jam off. Well, Doesn't seem yeah, seems counterintuitive. Listen, I, I signed the petition. I, I would love to see jam, jam on stay on the, you know, right now, if, if you don't know, most people do, it's available. Jam on is alive. It's just, you can only hear it on the app and online right rob right okay so that's great but what we lose like a band like turquoise who when they had their new album out they were getting so much play right it was awesome um yes so they get this new exposure and it's exposure is like people just flipping through the dial going and and they're so turquoise able to catch new listeners through that and you lose that on the app and the uh online because you know in the car you're more likely to kind of bounce around and, and land it. So I, it's a it's a real hit to the jam world. Now, I say this, though. The other thing, though, that I thought was interesting, Jambase put out an article. And by the way, I, we forgot to mention, Jambase is a uh, our media partner with Osiris, and I want to thank them. They've been doing a wonderful job uh, being a partner on that. So I want to thank them here, and I wish I did that in the intro, and we'll do that the next one. But Love those guys. Love those guys. Jambase put out an article, and they talked about the petition, and it was great. They, it, it shared it. But here's the thing. It was like 3,000, maybe 4,000 now people that signed this petition. Well, that kind of speaks, doesn't help the situation. It actually hurts it. It, it, it basically tells Sirius that they made the right decision because only three or 4,000 people cared. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So I don't know where that's at. Maybe, maybe that's changed in the last week. Uh, and- you know, to me, the most important thing is not how many people sign a petition. It's how, how much they're luring people to actually be a subscriber. From my perspective, truth be told, Howard Stern is still great, but he's starting to fade. You know, it's, it's based a lot on the guests. He has to have a good guest, a good interview. A lot of it feels like 95 dead to me, where there's still great moments, but they're fewer and they're further between. And now Jam On is gone. Opie is gone. All this stuff is going away. I'm, I'm at the point of, of canceling my subscription. I really am. And if I may make another point, again, in, in full disclosure, I love that I can hear the fish show at noon every, every, the next day. That is very valuable to me. Actually, it might hurt another of our sponsors, Nugs.net, because I don't care about the webcast if I know I can hear it the next day. Now, if I'm with certain people, like when I'm home with you, you and I, uh, you know, want to watch a show, then maybe so. But now I can just listen to them on, on the Fish channel, which is helpful. But you know what else, Seth? So, so a few days ago, they, had, they played this uh, Forbin Mockingbird, Colonel Forbin. Colonel Forbin's Ascent, Fly Famous Mockingbird. It's a pairing of songs that Fish does. That's part of their game hand saga. They played this great version of it from St. Louis. And I was like, oh, wow. I was listening cool. to that one. Huh. Yeah. Well, then, uh, you know, I just have been tuning in. They right into Merriweather. And I've been tuning in since just periodically to check out. And twice they were playing the same thing. And well, I don't yeah. understand how you're appealing to an audience of a band, the fans of which one of the things they most appreciate about the band is that they do different stuff every night. How do you think you're appealing to them when you play the same shit? Why would heavy rotation do they do that apply? On, do they do that on the uh, Dead Channel? 
Mm, if they do, it's not as obvious. But again, I, I, if I'm going to listen to one of the band-specific channels, I'm not, I'm not going to listen to one that I have a collection of hundreds of recordings. I'm going to listen to Matthews or Pearl Jam or Springsteen. So maybe these channels aren't for the hardcore fan. Maybe they are more for the casual fan, which maybe is understandable. You know, For the hardcore fans, they play you the, the complete show at noon. And then for the more casual fan, they they replay, they pound shit, pound you over the head with shit that they think is good. Hey, well, you know what, listeners, let us know what you think. Email us insideoutwtns at gmail dot com, and we'll uh, share uh, some of your thoughts and points of view on the next show. So go ahead and uh, email us that. And if you do, and you don't want us to say your name, just let us know. We'll we'll we will refrain from saying your name, but we will share your email. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, email us insideout. WTNS at gmail.com. Hey, Rob, well, uh, let's, get, let's wrap this up. Yeah. No, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Seth, when did you first um, explain to Daryl the possibility of him going to Charlotte to see fish? And what was Daryl's your son, Seth's son, Daryl. How old is he? Six years old. Plays cello, loves music. What was his initial reaction when you, when you suggested going to see fish? Uh huh. Cool. Yeah. Really mellow. Yeah, so mellow. I mean, understand, like, Daryl's with me now for the last couple of weeks, pretty much the month of June, you know, uh, ex-wife situation. She's out with the uh, work exchange team, the company that we used to run, and she's taken over. And and Daryl's with me, and we've been having a blast. I mean, you know, swim team and just just pool fun and, and just just you name it. He's a skateboarder, loves skate parks. We'll talk about that in a second. But so I told him we're going to go, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick him up from camp a little early. And he was like, no, you know, I didn't really want to do that. And then I told him we're going to Charlotte to see fish. And he was pretty excited. So in the car, were you listening to fish on the way there? Uh, in the car, I kind of let him do his iPad thing. Normally you know, on a trip like that, um, I was doing some conference calls and stuff and, uh, and he was, uh, watching a movie or something. So we didn't listen to too much fish. But uh, weeks prior, though, or two weeks prior, uh, we started listening to different shows. I would, we would listen to, like, a, a Mike song and kind of go from there. And uh, and he loves Cactus and loves playing the bass and, uh, I mean, pretending to play the bass. You know, he's more of an air bass guitarist than an air guitarist, you know? Um, and the thing, yeah, the only reason why we ended up going was... After the Trey Band was here in Atlanta, I kind of got the itch, and I'm like, "All right, they're four hours away." And then I got an anchor gig. I was uh, I went out to I had a gig on Sunday in Asheville, your rock chenier, doing a, a fundraiser with the Canned Aid Foundation, uh, and it was a music instrument fu- uh, fundraiser for uh, inner city kids and whatnot. Oh, it was a you're really all over cool the thing. place. Yeah, yeah. So, so that kind of anchored it. I was like, "Well, let's let's do this. Let's go to Charlotte and then uh, pop on over to." Um, you know, popping over, and then also uh, to Asheville, and then also my I had friends who had kids that were going to go. Uh, end up, one friend and her kids did go. So there was a family section in Charlotte. Now, family section is this roped off area, kind of like right on the first on the lawn. It's good viewpoint uh, because it's right there on the lawn on the corner, right above ADA page side, uh, and it's roped off. And you have your own security. So like, if anyone spun out or anyone just kind of cu- you know cutting through, they like jump on them and move them out. So it's really really kid friendly. And I gotta, I would not typically take a kid to a show like that but this i went in with a different lens and it was not about my show it wasn't about my fish experience it was about daryl's and to have so, that comfort was really good so did he demonstrate excitement as you as you approached the venue and 
Hell yeah. He just no, no, he put, he, put, he put the iPad down. It was like looking. He's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking at the people walking around the streets and very confused as to why there's like grilled cheese being sold in the parking lot. And so I, I immediately popped. We got out of the car. I popped open a root beer, put it in a koozie, and he's walking around the lot, you know, um, with, a, with a Hawaiian shirt on and a, uh, and, a, and a root beer in a bottle. You know, he's other other people are, you know, the two for ones or whatnot. And, he, and people really thought he was drinking a beer. It was so funny. <laughs> when, when you sent me the picture, I thought it. But I, it's interesting, though, because in, initially, when you and I were talking on the way to the show, you were, you were thinking about shielding him from the pre-show scene. A little bit. I didn't want to do too much of the lot, and we really didn't do too much. I mean, I was... Uh, when we got to Charlotte, we had enough time, so we instead of rushing to the venue, we went for a quick swim at the pool at the hotel uh, and gave the dogs a nice little walk because the dogs traveled with us, and they were really cool. They didn't get kicked out of the hotel like Rob's does. And, uh, <laughs> and we, you know, so we, we were fresh, and we got to the venue, and we walked, you know, took the walk in and, um, you know, went to the box office to pick up her tickets. And, of course, there was, like, some wook, you know, got a bunk ticket that was just all, like, stressed out and, like, arguing and... And then, you know, Daryl got to see, like, what f- the difference of Fish fans are. He he commented on it because people are like, hey, man, just calm down, you know, like, move on. Like, everyone, instead of being, like, mean and, like, get out of the way, guy, you know, people are like, come on, dude. Like, we're all waiting in line. You're stalling us. And Daryl's, like, seeing this and, and picked up on, like, wow, pe- people are upset, but they're not angry. I think he said something like that. Can I, is, are we yet at the point where I can explain to him that knee-jerk hatred of 3.0 songs is uh, a sign of a weak mind? I don't think yet, no. Um, But the show itself, I mean, I got to tell you, there's a difference in him seeing the show than... So he, I take him to a lot of music festivals. Uh, uh, he's ex- he's highly exposed to music, and right, he really enjoys getting up close and looking at the guitar player, looking at the bass player. And he knows right, Trey, he- and he knows Gordo, and or as he calls him, Cactus. He loves he loves seeing them play. When we watch, he's seen numerous you know couch tours with us and whatnot. And he just uh, you know he he being in the lawn, he he missed that. But he really enjoyed boogieing, playing with the beach ball, throwing it around, and and having a good time. At one point, he's like, "Dad, can I take off my shirt?" And I'm like, "I guess why not?" You know. So he was like super comfortable and just. You know, just uh, especially when, when once the sun went down, the lights were ripping, uh, and the glow sticks were firing away. He he was he made up uh, he made a uh, well he just had some fun. He made he took a, the glow sticks and made a guitar and started air guitaring out of it. And he was a tr- you know there was no point where he was ready to go home. He he was he and, was in it. And it sounded like a great show. I, I got to listen to it. Oh, thanks yeah. for fish. Thanks thanks to fish pushing all the other jam bands off that jam on channel. Um, you know, at noon we get to hear the full show. You know, right it was I a guess. good show. I, I want to re-listen to it because I mean the tweezer. You, we got a tweezer reprise in set one. That doesn't normally happen. Uh, there was a lot of fun the band was having. I could tell, um, but you know that's the thing. I, I my eyes were on Daryl the majority of the time, so. I, I was like, whatever they play, I'm having a good time. There's a ton of our friends that were there. Uh, some came by. One of my best friends from college, Brian, a former guest on the show, um, you know, he came by and uh, hung out set break. And but it was a, it was a family of you know section, and and I was paying attention to Daryl, and he we were just having a good time, and it wasn't, you know, it was. It, it didn't matter what they played; it was it was going to be fun. But they definitely did the smoking set. And uh, oh god, at one point though, he just had ice cream, and he just needed to run. And then they did an, they did antelope, and uh, that that was super helpful. I'm like, run, 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 run. <laughs> and you know, we um, 
if I took a kid to a show, to be honest with you, it would be the after show a lot scene that would concern me. I'd be afraid of questions like, Daddy, why are people kissing balloons? Why yeah, is everybody or looking? Daddy, can I why have is, a balloon? Why, I was so why, nervous. Why, why do you interrupt people, Daddy? Why is everybody looking for someone named Molly? Why is that guy yelling at a tree? Uh, how was the after show scene? It, we were, he was tired, and we were a little, he was concerned, you know, because he knows his dad, and his dad is notorious for, like, I, I, you know, people are like, Where, where'd you park? I'm like, over there. And then they're, and, and during the show, I'm like, they're like, you didn't note the letter of the parking lot? I'm like, no, it's right over, oh, boy. Ah. So at the end of the <laughs> night, Daryl's just kind of like, Dad, we're going to find the car? I'm like, yeah, get this. So I was sober. I mean, I had a beer that night, you know what I mean? Like, you can't drink in the kids' section. Or family section, so I was sober, and I and I ended we ended up like when I say we directly straight line to the car, I'm not kidding. Like to the row, it was the first time in my life I ever like like automatic autopiloted right to the parking lot to my. Hey, to I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's impressive. I know that venue, I know Charlotte, and that venue there is something about the way the road comes in and curves that can make it tricky to find your car. So. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. Daryl was happy with that. Uh, but, yeah, I was nervous, though, because, like, all of a sudden, and, you know, he's he's going to look and be like, Dad, I want a balloon, you know? And I was and I, I was walking with him, my friend Gabby, who has two girls, and I'm like, uh, what do you tell them? Because she took the kids to the show before. She's like, I don't really know. And another friend of mine's like, you know, took his kids, and he's like, yeah, we're kind of like, oh, look at that. Look at the sky. Look at that. Oh, yeah, there's a bird, you know, kind of just changing the subject. Uh, fortunately, Daryl didn't ask. Um, he, de- he, I think he, with there's so much energy and so much motion, he just kind of was like, let's get to the car, and um, and then, you know, Dad, will you carry me? And I'm like, no, dude, you're, you know, you're big enough to drink a root beer. You're big enough to walk. <laughs> and so we got to the car and was chilled. Did you get the sense that he preferred a well-executed new song or a poorly executed old song? I think he was more concerned about Paige and his singing. Paige has not been singing as much this tour. So, so says so. So says some. Speaking of 3.0, I always wanted it this way, Paige song. I mean, that is awesome. How could anyone not like that? I would much rather see that than a than a David Bowie with an uninspired jam where they play the composed section badly. I would much rather see him take me on a on an I always wanted it this way ride. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is there any, is there something wrong with me? Mm, yes, but that, I don't think this is the problem. Stay on point. Well, all right. So dude, I, I, keep I, it between the mustard <laughs> and the mayo, dude. After after the show, though, after all that, we uh, went out to Asheville. Beautiful drive to Asheville. We get to Asheville, and I, I was taking him to the skate park there. And it dumps buckets. A huge storm comes through. So we end up walking around with the dogs getting soaked and had lunch. And he's just such a trooper. But the, then we went up and it finally dried up. And we went on the Blue Ridge Parkway. And then we went out to uh, – this is all in one day. And then on our way to our friends um, that live in the mountains kind of right outside of Asheville, I'm like, let's pick up a bottle of wine. So I find a wine store and ends up being like a little city, like kind of like downtown Decatur does festivals, you know, just a little stage music, the whole deal. So uh, we parked the car and, and up at a music festival, go figure. And he's like uh, skateboarding around there for a little bit. And um, it was just an amazing weekend. The River on Sunday, Candidate Foundation event was pretty fun and really cool event, really great organization. Check them out, Candidate Foundation. Uh, but at the end of the weekend, I'm like, Daryl, what was your favorite moments in Asheville? And he's like driving the Blue Ridge Parkway with you. And I thought that was special. 
Did you listen to WNCW? Oh, yeah. And that was the other thing, too. Is, yeah, we were enjoying that. Because he's like, that's banjo, daddy. Dad, I like I like the mandolin. I don't know why he decides to get that Your southern accent. Your son has accent. a southern accent only, only when we're listening to bluegrass. And he's like, hey, daddy. I like that. I like that mandolin. And so I put on. Some, so after all that, when we got back the other day, last night we were on our way to the pool. And I'm like, you want? And he's like, what do you want to listen to? He goes, I want to listen to some mandolin, Daddy. I go, all right. So I put on some Sam Bush for him, and uh, and then actually put on a video of Sam Bush. Uh, and we, he was he was interested on the upbeats of the mandolin, how the mandolin always is uh, kind of coming into on the upbeat, and a lot of emphasis on the up. Do you notice that? Once again, your vocal impersonations remind me of. Rick D's wife once again. Did you miss me more at the fish show or on the Blue Ridge Parkway? I didn't miss you at all, quite frankly. It's it kind of it's kind of nice not to talk to you for the last couple of weeks. On the Blue Ridge Parkway, I did. You, well, you didn't. I missed you there for a minute. Yeah, uh, we drove by. Uh, we actually drove by where we saw the uh, we, we saw the bear. You and I. Yeah, I uh, I almost got spanked for having my dog off leash twice on that trip. So that was a good that was a good. Uh, learning experience but uh, okay i think that should do it right seth yeah that definitely does thanks everyone for listening don't forget to turn in uh your emails to us this week on your opinion on the whole jam on fish serious switch over and um that's at inside out wtns at gmail.com we've got still i know we keep saying it but still we've got some good shows in the can that we're going to be releasing here Hopefully more and more this summer. Rob's on his trip. He's going to see fish this next weekend. So we'll have that to report on. He's owing for a bachelor party. But we'll tell you all about it another time. Uh, Till the next time. And I'm going to New Hampshire. Can't wait. Bring me back a lobster, Rob. All right, folks. Here's some more Dove on the Martrio. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Adios. Arrivederci.
All right. All right. Before we continue on, I'm going to introduce these fine young gentlemen on the stage. Oh, yeah, that'll be nice. So on the guitar, the brother with the giant afro that looks like a microphone. <laughs> hey, there's children here. No, I don't know if there's kids here or not. <laughs> Give it up for the one and only Mr. Jimmy James, ladies and gentlemen. Five 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 five. <laughs> you know you get a five on that one. <laughs> All right. And on the drums, man, it's been an honor and a pleasure playing with this cat. This is uh actually his first gig with us. And many more to come. I like this cat. He's a funny dude. He look good in that little suit jacket, too. Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> Give it up for Mr. Keith Lottieri, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Delvon Lamar, just in case you didn't know. Now you know. <laughs> 